Jackson's still a cripple and still all fucked up and like everybody else is strong and can beat the shit out of each other and he's stuck into like a fucking wheelchair like yeah great job making Samuel L. feel like he's you know mattered in that movie James McAvoy plays like 50 people welcome yeah welcome to the week of ghosts in the scene I'm pretty sure like five of them were ghosts uh, uncooperated until we figure out exactly how many ghosts he was playing Welcome to another week of Ghosts in the Scene. I'm your host, Gio, with my co-host, Rob. How's it going, Rob? Guys, it, every day I go outside and I see a ghost. Uh, that's just kind of where things are at this moment. Uh, I'm not scared. Uh, I'm kind of expecting to see ghosts at this point. It'd be more alarming if there were no, no ghosts at this uh, right now. So um, I'm aware, though. I'm in the scene. Um, I'm keeping it extreme and I hope everyone else out there is doing the same. Totally. You know, that kind of reminded me of something that my mom used to tell me as a kid and I never really connected the dots about just how truly woke my mom was, but she would always say that, um, if God ever granted me the vision to see all the demons that were truly around me, I would die of, of pure fright. And she, she, as she was tucking me in to, to, to bed every night, she would tell me that. She said, if you knew all the demons that were actually around you, Giovanni, you would die of a heart attack because they're all around you and they're all trying to kill you. And she said that all the time. And it really rings true that she was not lying. That's the truth. And that's the news that we're bringing you today. But it's not, it's, it was never bad. It never made me scared. I was always relieved. And that's how you should feel when you're listening to this podcast. So feel relieved. And enjoy um, some truth with us because we're going to be dolloping it out for you guys. We're going to give it to you in surplus, just like it's Costco. So what do we got going on this week, Rob? I mean, this week is really all about uh, that most haunted place in our country, the big white, big whitey itself, the White House, uh, and all the ghosts residing within. Uh, uh, it's a high time ghosts are all over. The government is shut down. That means that we are being run. We're being legislated by ghosts at the moment. So who knows what kind of ghost laws are being passed at the moment? Because we don't know because they're, because they're ghosts, uh, and there's no budgeting that. So they're passing all these ghost laws at the moment, uh, we don't know about. Uh, so I'm hoping we get this thing up and running again. Um, because we're going to find ourselves in a really dangerous position if this keeps on going on much longer. Yeah, I just saw recently that the ghost passed a law where it is now illegal to go through doors with using the handle. You have to you have to pass through the door with your uncorporeal body. That's the legal way to to go through doors now, guys. If if you think that the government is working for you, you're wrong because they just made walking through doors illegal. So think again, guys, uh, who you're voting for because uh, a non-vote 
is a vote for a ghost. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say that the majority of people in America do not vote. Therefore, we have a majority of ghosts in Congress and in the White House. That's just the easy, easy science, easy logic that you can follow. If you don't vote, you're voting for a ghost. So campaign 2020, guys, we're really going to have to step it up and, and get some names on the ballots because we're giving away all our, all our good votes to, to devils, to people that are <clears throat> legislating against you. And we have some examples. Hashtag vote no for ghosts. So we wanted to talk about the shutdown a little bit because obviously this is a time when things are becoming a very unhinged. You're, you're having certain uh, sections of the government that aren't even getting money, which means Area 51, where all, where all the aliens go. Uh, Area 52, that's where the ghosts are. People don't talk about Area 52. They're all gone. You know, when, when you don't have security toss and, and all the security guards on, on duty, Secret Service and the special Secret Service, all those guys, they're not getting paid anymore. They're going to let the ghosts and the aliens free. And so we're living in a world where all of the ghosts and all the aliens pretty much have the next couple months off. They can kind of do whatever they want. You might see them in Florida. You might see them in Mexico. You might see them in your own backyard taking a sun bath. Because they're just out to party. And that's it. They, they're transparent as well. They can go anywhere in the world. So uh, you think you can take a nice little trip, hop, skip away. No, they're going to be there too, folks. So this affects us all. Uh, all of our listeners out there on all the stretches of the globe. Uh, this can still happen to you. This is a global phenomenon. Uh, so we're in it together. Um, I think it makes it even more important that we all listen to each other. Um, and you know it's it's scary times we really gotta consider who's to blame right there's only really one person that we can shoulder this on and it's not the person that we think um if if you were to follow us you would easily say that it's stephen baldwin and you would be right 90 percent of the time and I'm sorry to have led you down that road to, to make you believe that Stephen Baldwin was in fact the one who's uh, in, in charge of this. Stephen Baldwin is not Donald Trump. See, yeah, most of the time people would be right that this is Stephen Baldwin's fault. But that would only be true if Stephen Baldwin was still playing Trump, just as you said. Exactly. Stephen Baldwin has abdicated his role as Donald J. Trump. This is this is a fact. We, we've seen it in the makeup. You saw it most clearly uh, last week when Trump gave his address. The the makeup, the hair was different, the color, the skin. It looked more silicone, kind of like like a B rate, uh, you know, like makeup job. So this is this is an amateur who who's doing his own makeup. And, and what we can say about Stephen, Stephen is no amateur. Mm-mm. So we have to look and kind of assess, well, who is behind the mask? Who is this man behind the face of Trump? Because it's not the pro Stephen Baldwin anymore, but it, but it still has that Baldwin touch. So, so we looked around, 
And there's only a few Baldwins left. We have Alexander Ray, but we know that he's he's busy punching people for parking spaces and playing the fake Trump. So who's left? I mean, Justin Bieber's a little too young and a little too fresh in the game. I don't think he's officially a part of the family yet, so I wouldn't say it's him. Right, and, and even even the fact that Haley, she changed her name from Baldwin to Bieber, right? So there, she's distancing herself from her father, and I think probably at his request. You know, we, we have to really consider that Stephen, he wouldn't just leave this role, the role of a lifetime, for no reason. There, there must be a reason why he's doing this. So the idea that he's pushing his, uh, his daughter away and making her change her name and all of this different stuff, we're not sure why he's doing that. We have an idea, and, and we'll get to that later. But really, it's a mystery. But who's behind the mask? What other Baldwin is there? Jim, to me, this has the markings of our dear friend Billy. Billy Baldwin. Uh, I mean, the swagger, the move, he's erratic, sloppy, deathly afraid of ghosts. Um, I think it's it's no fact that Billy Baldwin is deathly afraid of ghosts. And a huge part of our government shutdown is largely based off of Billy's fear of ghosts. And he can't leave the White House. He's locked himself in the White House. He couldn't go to Florida. Because he knew that the ghosts are getting out and they're going to Florida. So oh, yeah. he's not going to Florida. Hell no. Uh, he's locked himself in the White House as the ghosts are running everything because he's too scared to go outside. So his brothers have trapped him in this kind of in, – in a role that I don't think he – and it's a thankless role. But I don't oh, think yeah. he wanted it in the first place. Nobody – I mean – only somebody like Stephen Baldwin, a true pro, could take on the role of Donald Trump. All of the ire and the hatred of everybody for every stupid thing that he says. You know, Stephen Baldwin did this for an intention. This is all as uh, to appease the Underground Railroad, um, the reverse Underground Railroad, of course. Mm -hmm. This all has to do with, uh, you know, sacrificial... Um, prostrating yourself in front of you know the community and then that elevates you to a certain level of of godhood right well what i what we're thinking is is happening is that he's reached the maximum level trump has completely peaked people are you know basically putting him on an altar and they're either sacrificing him or they're praising him and both of them work for Stephen Baldwin. So I think he's kind of like taking all of his energy and moving it somewhere else. And Billy, poor poor Billy, what's he supposed to do with all that power and all that hatred? Like you said, the, the moves, the swagger, that, that kind of stuff, it, you don't put stress on swagger because swagger doesn't handle stress that well. And I think you're going to wear Billy out pretty fast. And it, it really kind of bothers me to see that two brothers would sell out their younger brother like this. It's, it's almost kind of like a Cain and Abel situation. I mean, definitely. It seems that, you know, the older brothers definitely are catching wind that this act is running a little old, to be frank. And they need an out. 
and they know that as soon as the spell runs dry, that there are some nasty, nasty like after effects from it, and they know that they're going to bail out, and they're leaving it all, all on poor Billy's plate. Yeah, and you know it's people like Billy, the the good people of the world that get stepped on, uh, and it's by people like his brother, people that he trusted. I don't know if he's a good person. I mean, he, you know, he's still Billy Baldwin, but. I, it's it's, I, it's a bad situation all around. It just also to think that Steven's going to get away with it. Scott Free is, and not just Scott Free, like in a bet, it's probably his highest peak he could be is troubling to me. Yeah, it really is, and it's not only that, but we're going to get into what he's doing now and and his his future plans. Um, first of all. We also kind of have to quickly talk about, you know, he's leaving and his Melania is also leaving mm, because yes. he he moved in his wife to, to live with him in the White House, as any president would. But now that he's leaving, you know, Billy, he's going to bring in his wife. She's going to be Melania and Stephen's wife, who is called uh, her name is Kenya. And they've been together uh, since 1990. Which, if we do the math, that is uh, 29 years, right? Mm-hmm. That's two nines. That's uh, upside-down sixes right there, twice. So not, not completely, but Kenya is a very interesting woman. She, she has a storied history, and in fact, she is uh, not American. She is Brazilian, so international, an international mystery. And so we did some digging into Kenya. Um, she's now Kenya Baldwin, but she was formerly Kenya Deodato. And I, I did a translation on her name from uh, ancient Latin, and uh, it's a dead language. And so I, I had to, to do some, some research, some cross-referencing, and I found— I hope you were careful, Joe. You were taking all the precautions— well, yeah. studying a, a dead language, that means this is a ghost language. So I just want to make sure you're not mixing yourself up into any bad spells here. That, that's very dangerous, and that's very brave of you to, uh, to go into this research. Thank you. It, it was actually very stressful. I got paper cuts. I was reading so fast. Uh, it almost felt like the paper was pointing towards my finger as I was trying to flip the page. Like, it was intentionally cutting me. Um, all these Latin phrases. Luckily, I, I did have a mister of holy water that was getting my face and my eyes. So I, I think I got the majority of the ghosts that were attacking me to kind of... Uh, I had a barrier of safety. So, so anyway, Deodato means somebody who has surrendered to God. and the thing about it is that God is very ambiguous in that statement. They don't say which God. They just say God. And I, I did some more research, okay? I looked at Stephen Baldwin because obviously they're a pair. They're husband and wife, and they complete each other. And so I looked at Stephen Baldwin's Twitter. And, you know, his bio, it says, Love all. Serve God. Oh. Which is, once again, not really telling us which God. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Deodato. Deodato. That's basically what he, he, he just said. Love all. Deodato. Referencing his, his wife. Right? But that's not his wife's name. So who is he referencing? He's referencing his father-in-law. Okay? Uh, guys, you're going to have to stick with me because this is all true. This is all history. You can verify this. Look this up. Go ahead. I dare you. But we have here um, the mother of Haley Baldwin. Haley Bieber now, right? Mm-hmm. And the wife of... And now she's the daughter of this man named Yumir Deodato, who is a music uh, musician. He's a bossa nova artist uh, from Rio de Janeiro. And we looked into this guy, um, Yumir Deodato. And we just have to kind of quickly mention some movies that he was in because he did the soundtrack to... A handful of movies that we think you'd find very interesting. Um, there's one of them that is truly terrifying. But uh, maybe we should save that till till the end. Rob, do you have anything about uh, Brazil or Deodato before we get into the movies? Uh, it is a language that I'm not so familiar with. So the spells, uh, it's harder for me to decipher. Um, I... I, there's just a lot of people. It's one of the most common spell languages in the world, though. Um, so if you can learn some Brazilian, it's very useful because there's going to be a whole different culture of spell making and spell binding. Uh, spells are very specific to the tones that you make. So obviously each language can cast different kinds of spells. Exactly. And... You know, when you are in different time zones, that also differentiates the kind of spell that you're in, the the shape of the of the moon, the crescent, all of this changes, and and it's all minute changes. But you have to be a professional to notice. So I, I want to quickly just kind of mention the history of of, of Deodato, right? And I, I really am, am towing the line saying his name this many times because, once again, we don't know which god he is talking about. So it, we, we could be talking about the big D, the, the devil himself, when, when we're saying this. But uh, Deodato was a, a composer, right, from, from Rio, and he did uh, lots of different movies. He did um, Shaolin Soccer. He did The Nice Guys. Um, he did a movie called Nick of Time, which we're going to talk about. Um, but I, I wanted to kind of just say that uh, Deodato is not lightning in a bottle. He's not just this this guy who came on the scene and was just like good and talented. He knew people. He had family. He was a relative of a guy named Enrico Caruso who died, uh, he was a, an Italian composer, right? He made uh, music for the Burbs. He made music for the Lone Ranger. So, I mean, you know, this guy, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it away, guys. We are now jumping into 
a segment uh, for the first time of 2019, actually. So, Rob, I'd like to invite you to come along with me into the depth step. Wow, it feels so good to be back. Oh, it's just as powerful. 2019 is the year that he's he is going to fall down. We we already toppled him, right? At, at the end of 2018, it was a giant success. We thought we'd never have to do this again, right? To call out Johnny Depp. But he exists not only now, he exists in the past. And like we said last episode, we have to look into the past because we have time to really see what happened, what seeds were sown. And we can obviously see that Johnny Depp has been, throughout history, sowing his seed, right? Jerking that chain, lying to people, manipulating people, and coming wherever he pleases and going whenever he wants, right? It's, it's despicable, but that's, that's the way it is. So let's get to it. And uh, again, like attaching significance of this being a 666 year, we have a connection to every other 666 year that there has ever been. There is a portal in a way that are connecting all these years. So we got to watch out for these energies. So it's really important to pay attention to these particular moments in time. Exactly. So we go to the year 1995. Okay, one year before 1996. And of course, that was a year that will live in infamy. Mm -hmm. But 95 was no schlub either. Okay, because that is the year that Nick of Time came out. Uh, the movie that we talked about earlier, starring Johnny Depp. And first thing you got to do is crunch the numbers because obviously 96 is a 666 year with two inverted sixes. It's easy to see. But what makes 96 so deadly is because right behind it is actually another 666 years. You have two of them in a row because you have 95. You got two inverted sixes, a one and a five. Friends, that's another six. That's two six six six. That's right. So, so guys, think about that. So, 1995 was 1995. You plus the 1 and the 5, that's a 6. And then you flip the two nines, 666. You do the same thing, except it's easier now with the 1996, 1996. You just flip the two nines, and it's 1666. That's 1666. Guys, but it's actually two. It's it's the second six 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 exactly. Basically, mm, the one is, is it's separating the two six six sixes because then you'd have an infinite six six six. And mm. when we have a year like that, that'll be the last year that we have. So, Nick of Time is a movie uh, with Johnny Depp, and it is directed by a guy named John Bad Ham. Uh, Christopher Walken's in it. The story is about a man who is tasked to kill a, a politician um, by this Christopher Walken character. So Johnny Depp is basically told to be an assassin or else his, his daughter will die, right? Um, but really quick, before we get into the movie, I just wanted to quickly mention that uh, this was uh 
composed, the soundtrack was by Deodato, right? But also, like I said, Deodato is not lighting in a bottle. His distant relative, his cousin, was Enrico Caruso. And Enrico Caruso did the soundtrack for The Lone Ranger. The Lone Ranger was a movie starring Johnny Depp in 2013. And so we see that it is a connection from Naples, Italy, to Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, to Hollywood, the Wild West, and Los Angeles. Of course, that's where the nick of time is, is, is located. It is an international web, and Johnny Depp is everywhere in that web. And as you can see through these films, they're acting as portals. He can be at all these places at the exact same time. Absolutely. So just like Nick of Time, it, it is a continuum, the clock, right? The portal um, that we all look at every day to tell us what time it is. That's kind of what this movie is about. It is about time, how much time this man has to complete the task at hand. And the task at hand for him is to kill a, a, a politician, and it is a woman. And Joe, you, real quick before we jump into it, can, I mean, you were, before you were asking, you were telling me about the uh, demonic qualities of a clock and that I found really eye-opening, and I don't know why it was discussed before, but I think it's worth mentioning as course. we go in that this imagery is really important for this film as well, that we are dealing with a demonic symbol here. Absolutely. So imagine a clock and... I mean, you don't have to imagine it. You see it every day. You know, we're born with it. It's just stuck in our heads. And so you see a clock is 12. 12 hours, to, you know, times two. That's 24, right? Hours in a day. Two plus four is six, right? One plus two, right, for 12. That's three. That's three sixes. So that's a six, six, six clock. And then you see, what are the numbers? One, you know, one, three, six, nine. All of these are just sixes, six away from each other. Three is six away. One is six away from six. Six is six away from 12. You see that? And so really, guys, it is truly a demonic symbol. And that is what this movie is hinged upon. You have this movie called Nick of Time. And Johnny Depp is truly running at the speed of light to, to kill this person, to murder and assassinate uh, this politician. So this is kind of where we get a little cautionary, guys. We don't want anything bad to happen. We are trying to prevent um, terrible things from happening. And we just hope that people take us seriously. Because this is, this is a threat, right? Because these are spells have been cast. And that doesn't mean spells will happen. They, it doesn't mean they'll come through. But that means that there is a threat made. 
And I, it's important, it's imperative, it's a public service that we know the intentions so we can make appropriate measures. So that's why we're talking about it now, but please, um, this is a sensitive material and we do understand there's a lot of responsibility of the way that we present it as well to make sure that it is done safely. Yes. Um, we want the people that need to hear this to hear this in a way that they will be okay with taking the advice. We, you know, the, the, the last thing that anybody wants to hear is, is to be told what to do. Right. Okay. Um, which very much, uh, you know, a lot of times when someone tells you to watch out or look out, you know, you, you, you look instead of ducking, you know, they should just yell duck instead. But, but, but that's the thing. Nobody wants to be told what to do. So we're not going to tell uh, the politicians and, and, and everybody how to do their job or how to go about their business, what security to have. But this is a time during the government shutdown. And really, this is what I, what I wanted to get to, guys. The fact that this is a seed that was sown, but it's finally you're seeing the sprouting happening now. The tree is starting to peak, and you're starting to see what's actually the, the bearing of the fruit. I mean, it's the portals, Joe, opening to each other. We're in a 666 year. This, these years are connected. Exactly. There, there are already connections made. And so because of that, we have a very grave threat to the life of Nancy Pelosi. Now, this isn't like a like like this is like a like a movie threat. This isn't like her actual life is in danger. This is her spiritual life. This is a hex, a spell. You better believe that there are people out there that wish to do harm, spiritual harm on our politicians on a daily basis. And in fact, I believe I saw that there, there was a coven of, of witches that were uh, praying against mm. Donald Trump, right? They, they were hexing him. I've heard of this coven. It's all over the news. It's all that they can talk about. Coven of witches. Mm -hmm. And it's like the, the problem with, with that story is that when you actually go to the meetings, um, they're all positive prayers. They're just said in Latin. And, and so the, the meaning is always kind of misjudged. And, and really, the, the Coven of Witches, the problem with a lot of witchcraft guys, and, and I'm sorry to say, if you buy your book from Hot Topic, if you buy your book from, from a, a, a bargain store, you're only going to get positive spells. They only sell you the hard stuff, you know, behind the counter. You, you got to go behind the beaded curtain and look for the really raunchy spells. Because if not, you're just sending, you know, him nice spells, you know, pleasant spells, sleep better, have, have bigger erections, you know, poop smoother. He's, he's had nothing but smooth poops since he, he was in the White House. And we have no one to blame but the witches of America. So thanks a lot, witches. So we have all of this intention going towards Nancy Pelosi, but possibly it's actually going to work because we have experts like Johnny Depp and John Badham who made this movie 20 years ago, 21 or 20, was it 25 years ago or 24 years ago? Wow. Two and four is six. See the connections. I it's mean, 
it's a strong one. Like I mean, it, maybe even more so than 96. I mean, I think the idea of 96 w was that it is, you know, the interval of 10 from, from, you know, uh, 86, 76, all the way back to 1666. And so certainly the, the anniversary of, of, of the 1666 and just it being inverted. Right. But this, I think is more connected to today. I, I think the idea of the, the 666 year is historically significant, right? In a world global scale. But what's happening now with the nick of time and with Nancy Pelosi and, and the spiritual warfare that's going against her, that's culturally relevant and that's relevant to us today and now. And it's the fact that we caught it in the nick of time. And I, I didn't even mean to say it that way, but I, I, I fucking you were possessed. I was possessed by who, by Badham. Let's quickly r run, run through Badham because th this is a man that we're going to have to um, attach some serious mental uh, time kind of unraveling this story. I mean, I'll, I'll, real quick, isn't another term for the beast himself, old Nick? That's right. That is absolutely right. And so old Nick, Nick of time, time is as old as anything, right? And a demonic symbol. Exactly. So it's not, it's working on multiple levels. It's not just in your face. It's in your subconscious. You know, it's in your gut. And that's what uh, John Badham meant to do. This guy has been uh, a film director for quite a long time. Uh, he did movies like Saturday Night Fever, War Games, Short Circuit. The last one, Short Circuit, I really quickly wanted to mention because this actually did fall in a 666 year. It was uh, 86. So if you guys don't know about this uh, movie, Short Circuit is a dystopian movie where a robot, literally a robot with like a conveyor belt, you know, for, for feet, gets struck by lightning and is then, I, I believe, given a soul by God. Or, once again, we are not told by which God. It, there is lightning strikes, and if anybody is a scientist, they know that lightning does not come from the sky. It actually is a, it sources from the ground up and shoots right. up from the ground, which means that it must come from hell. If hmm. we're being scientifically factual, since hell is below us and the lightning comes from the ground, it must be coming from hell. Which is just science. So you, you can disprove me. You can't disprove me. So that yeah, that's totally true. And it's like it's reaching up to the heavens. If you really, really want to look at it, there. everyone thinks of lightning going down, but it's going up. Right, and it's like a little arm, like a devil arm, reaching up into the sky, trying to catch an angel, like it's hungry or something. And that's and, and, and honestly, when you think about when lightning strikes, when is it? It's when water is, is on its way, when there's water in the sky. 
water is full of ghosts. We've talked about this. So the idea of, of a demon hand reaching out from hell to catch the souls of millions of dead people and then bring them back into hell, sometimes even taking people with them, live people walking around the street, getting struck by lightning and dying. They're getting their souls ripped from them by a demon, a lightning bolt demon. And this is this is what happened, but in a very kind of, I guess, serendipitous way that it channeled into a robot. And so we have almost like a glass-inspired movie where it's this robot who has a new personality and its own way of thinking. It's truly a horror movie. And it plays with the ethics of, of humanity and of spiritual kind of... Uh, yeah, I, I would say a spiritual ethics. You shouldn't have a robot with the soul of a dead person that was stripped out of the the existence of being water and then turned into a, you know a robot by a demon so the the fact that John Badham made this movie is is insane I, it's quite an awful spell uh, i mean like and is go beyond the name bad ham i think that it says it all it's bad ham that's all it is it's not good ham Guys, that you're you're not eating good ham. You're eating bad ham. And this guy made war games. And let's just quickly go down his uh, his lineage. His mother was an English-born actress. So she was studying acting with Winston Churchill and with people like that, right over in England, and then. We have his father, who was a U.S. Army general. So he's out there with, with General Patton, and they're talking about wars, hell, and, you know, the good old days. And then his mom is, is hobbing knobs with Winston Churchill, and they have a son that decides, hey, I'm going to join Hollywood. I'm going to become a film director. So I mean, what what kind of what kind of family was this? We're we're gonna have to look into this in all of his movies, but truly, Bad Ham was a bad man. I mean, born in nineteen thirty nine, which is again when we're crunching the numbers, that's a three next to two inverted sixes. So that's basically two six 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 in his birth year. One more movie that I wanted to mention. I I couldn't I couldn't believe when I saw it. He made a movie. He made Dracula. The Dracula, the vampire himself. This guy John Badham was all over that. So, let's directing credits, Joe? Yeah, 66. Yeah. What? 66 movies that he he was attached to. And movies or TV series uh, as of 2018. Amazing. So we have all, all of this evidence against this man. And he has a laundry list of movies that we could look into that um, we might look into. But, but the fact is that we have to continue looking other places because we turn over one stone 
and we find a million little bugs and they scurry into the darkness. We turn over another large rock and it's, it's the same thing. So the idea is we just have to keep on turning over stones and we will continue to uncover truths. And it's up to you guys to, to then follow the thread. Okay. It, and, and if you want us to follow that thread, you're going to have to let us know because we move at such a breakneck speed that tomorrow, next week, John Badham might not be in our radar anymore. He might be left in the dust. There's a lot of people that we, we've left in the dust that we just can't investigate anymore. We don't have the resources. I mean, we saw where we began this episode with the Baldwins, and all, all, now we're here with the Badhams. Uh, this moves quick, people. We got, this is, we're on 2019, you know, as we said, this is a big year. This is, don't think we're intimidated by this. This is, we're stepping up. We are pulling no punches. We are working on a quantum level. So you, you can either get on board mm -hmm. or do the work to follow up. We will keep you kept up. But this is lightning, folks. Coming straight up from hell. That's right. And, and really, that, that is a revelation that should scare the shit out of you. Because you never really thought that it was, it was a demonic hand. And now, now that's all you can think about. So I'm sorry for that, but that's just the truth. And once again, I'll, I'll say what my, mo my mom said every night to me before I went to sleep. You would die of a heart attack of fright if you really knew all the demons that were out to get you and that were all around you. And it's the fact that you listen to ghosts in the scene that you're as safe as you are. So I want to thank you guys for listening because really it, it is hard to live in a, in a world full of ghosts that want to get you and some ghosts that are nice, but you just can't tell the difference. So thanks for sticking with us guys. And uh, hopefully we will see you guys next week uh, and you're safe and sound and we will be in the podcast universe whenever you need us. So stay in the scene. Be extreme, everyone.